let's start this off right. LeBron James is Charmin soft. He is weak sauce, lame brain, dodo head, cotton picking ninny muggins. He's such a baby. He's such a baby. And I, there's so many times. Oh, I got to calm my nerves because we won, boy. But LeBron James, man, I, I, can, I can't take that guy. I literally cannot take him. Right before the half, when he just throws a bow into Laurie Markinen's chest and doesn't get a foul when it should have been an offensive foul, says the F word to the ref and, you know, should have called it, cries his way to the locker room. It's like... Bro, you get every call, you barrel people over, and you want a foul to be called against the person that you're running over. Ah, I'm so glad we won this game. <laughs> I'm so glad we won this game. It was a great birthday present, and uh, the Jazz came out on top, 130-116. It was a little more stressful for me. I, I don't know if I just really wanted to win this bad. Uh, I predicted that we would win by 500, so uh, we scored 130. I, I think that counts in my book. I, I covered the uh, the 500 points for sure. Russell Westbrook goes off on us. You can tell he hates the Utah Jazz. He seems to always go off on us. He had 28 points. I believe he shot, let's look this up real quick, three for four, maybe three three for five from the three-point line. And the dude's shooting 20% from three-point line, and then he, he makes three in a row on us. Uh, <laughs> what a game. The Jazz figured it out. You could tell that the lineup uh, was a little more tight tonight. I, I get the feeling that this was not a game that Will Hardy wanted to lose uh, or the Jazz organization. We just If you're a true Jazz fan, you're not a fan of the Lakers. And I wanted to win this game so bad. Now, Laurie Markinen, I, I got to start saying his name Lowry because that's how you say it, uh, not Laurie. Uh, so Lowry, you guys catch me if I say it wrong. He led us with 27 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, a steal, a block. He guarded LeBron James majority of the game. and. I think it really bothered LeBron. I don't think LeBron is still the player that he used to be, but you could tell the length with Lowry was bothering him. And it wasn't so much being physical, it was just the strength. As you saw towards the end of the game, he was trying to post up Lowry, and uh, Lowry was keeping his ground. And LeBron just did that like four or five foot little fadeaway and came up short right on the edge of the rim. And uh, that that spoke volumes to me on on what Lowry was actually doing to LeBron. Uh, Anthony Davis finishes with 22. LeBron finishes with 17. Uh, you've got Lonnie Walker, man. That guy's a. I really like. I really like how Lonnie Walker plays, and especially since he got a haircut since he played in San Antonio, he's even more likable because. If you remember, he was he was that guy that had the hair flopping down in his face. But uh, a good team win. Um, 
Rudy Gay gets 10, let's see, 10 minutes. Uh, Sexton got a lot of minutes. I, I, I was not impressed with Sexton nor Vanderbilt. And I tweeted this out. Uh, hang on, let me request Jasket. Oh, what up, Carson? Hang on just a sec. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I tweeted out earlier, maybe Vanderbilt just is not a smart player. Um, and the reason I say that is we have that breakaway, I believe at halftime or the third quarter, I think it was the, the end of the third quarter, six seconds left. We stopped them, threw it ahead. There's one second. He has a wide open shot. He just needs to go up and dunk it. And he kicks it to the corner and time runs out. And that's not the first time it's happened this season. And then his fouls, man, he just, uh, I want to like Vanderbilt so bad because he's so long and athletically gifted, but I just am getting the feeling that he is not the smartest of players, especially with the fouls that he, he gets. Um, this is awesome that we have so many listeners. Maybe it's because it's after a, a Lakers game. If you guys want to request to speak or leave a comment down below, I'm more than happy to let you guys speak. But Dallin, go ahead. What's your take, bro? I was just listening to Lakers post game for a little bit. Um, and they were just drooling over marketing and telling uh, their, I guess, their viewers that um, marketing just wasn't in the right system in Cleveland and Chicago. And we, we've all reiterated that same thing that Will Hardy's really brought out the best in Lowry marketing. So, uh, just good game all around from the team. Um, really high scoring. I, at halftime, I was just like, if we just play a little defense, I think we can win this game. So, <laughs> cause everybody was just scoring at will like crazy. Yeah. I felt like, both teams weren't really playing very much defense. Uh, the score uh, showed that at 130, 116. They, the the three-point percentage for both teams was about the same, 42%. But we shot 43-pointers, <laughs> and they only shot 26. Uh, again, with the assist, I, I mentioned this last time, if we can hit that 30 mark, uh, we had 31 assists. They only had 22. And then turnovers. We only had seven turnovers, and they had 11. Um, if, if For some reason, it felt like we had more than that. But again, I, I think I was kind of uh, anxious with this game and, and wanting to beat the Lakers. But uh, Jeffrey Hornacek, uh, let's get your take, buddy. Because I've been begging you to get on Twitter Spaces, and here you are. Just real quick, LeBron looks old, by the way. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> oh, Dallin, you stole my biggest takeaway from the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was the biggest takeaway from tonight, I felt, was LeBron looks sluggish. And, and granted, he's been in the league 20 years. Anybody would look sluggish at that point. But is there a bit... For me, I like... I think he's my most hated player just because he's always on commercials and they're always, they're always talking about him. And it's just like, yeah, he was great, but he's not anymore. And, and I, I, I hate Michael Jordan because he's, yeah, he, Michael Jordan's always killed us. But like the b debate, 
to me, LeBron's not even the greatest player of this generation. It's Steph Curry. So why are we comparing him to Jordan? And uh, he's just, he's so whiny, man. Hello? He can just, you hear me? I can hear you. Are you wanting to talk? Now you're, now you're muted, bud. Bubba? Unmute. <laughs> or maybe you want to be muted. But uh, Walker Kessler got 11 minutes. I thought they were really effective minutes. I really missed Walker Kessler um, and what he was able to do. He scored eight minutes in the 11, or sorry, eight minutes, eight points in the 11 minutes, had two blocks. And uh, he's just like, he's a force in there. Um, I kind of like the, that Coach Hardy switched it up and didn't leave him in. I thought that we switched the lineups perfectly. Um, I thought Taylor Horton Tucker had a good game. Sexton's another one where I get the feeling that Coach Hardy gets frustrated very easily by Colin Sexton. There was a play um, that he... He was just screaming, Colin, Colin. And I don't know if Colin just like wasn't paying attention or what. But uh, does anybody else get that feeling that Hardy is just frustrated with Sexton? And it almost feels like Sexton's confidence is not there compared to um, previous years. I, I want to, yeah, I, I, with Colin Sexton, I think. Yeah, I, I coach wants him to um, take what he's learning and put it out in the game, and I, I feel like it's not translating as much for him because he just tends to always uh, resort to what he's good at and is just driving with his head down to the basket and not looking for the pass as he's driving. So, yeah, there was that play where he drove really hard to the basket. There was like three players that collapsed on him. And he threw it up there. It partially got blocked, but hit the rim. And Lowry Markin and um, put it back. But it's plays like that where it's like, dude, if you would, you know, you're wasting so much energy by just trying to get the shot up. If you almost just slowed down or looked for other players when t when the the defense collapses on you, you would make it so much easier on yourself. So I I've been. I've really liked Vanderbilt and Sexton, but I felt myself getting frustrated with them this game. Um, just the decision-making. And usually I, I'm that way with Taylor Horton Tucker and his decision-making, but I thought he played a, a really good game. He had some plays on defense where he just stood in front of them. Uh, I think it was a game for Tucker that, you know, he wanted to show LA, like, you traded me away for some old guy. Um, so I, I think he had a little extra motivation coming from the Lakers, but, uh, yeah, I was impressed with him and Nikhil Alexander Walker comes in again for seven minutes, uh, gets six points plus 10. And, uh, I, I like Nikhil Alexander Walker too, who, uh, who stood out to you guys or what stood out to you in this game? Because, um, Man, it, it just felt like one that was very important for us, but also very important for them. They just came off two wins. They want to prove that they're not as bad as they are. We want to prove that we're as good as we have been. Um, what stands out to you guys? They are not following the trend of the rest of the NBA of uh, crashing the offensive boards. And I think that 
turns around and bites them in the rear because the rest of the NBA is gone. It's an uptick in offensive rebounding, and the Lakers don't do hardly any of it. And uh, I'm guessing it's just because they have a lot of older players that just don't want to hustle to get the rebound. And <laughs> but uh, they they they're a bad team, man. Um, they got, <laughs> gotta they gotta shake some things up, but they're pretty bad. So you gotta love it, though. You gotta love it as a Jazz oh, fan. I do, I do. So yes. on the offensive Those boards, years were insane. <laughs> on the offensive boards, we had fourteen to their nine. Defensive boards, we had thirty three. They had thirty two. And in total, we out-rebounded them by six, 47 to 41. So, uh, it, yeah, it kind of goes back to, like, man, there were so many rebounds that we played good defense and, and weren't able to come up with it. Who hey, what's else? up, guys? Yeah, who? Sorry, I, let me see who's talking. It's Tajan. Tajan. What's up, man? Yeah, what's up, guys? Congrats to everybody out there. It's uh, always good to get a dub, especially against LeBron. Um, as far as uh, I was going to actually um, say this earlier about Sexton, I think he's trying to be like uh, like the Donovan Mitchell of this team. I'm getting those type of vibes now. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, the future of Clarkson, if Clarkson is going to... If they're going to trade him where he's going to go, I guess Sexton is going to be the, the go-to guy in this team. So I don't know if, you know, we'll, we'll see how the, how, you know, Hardy's going to play the system. Who's going to be right now. It's kind of like Clarkson and Sexton right now, as far as our go-to guys. But um, today everybody played pretty good. I mean, there was no defense played on either side really, but we were shooting lights out. Alex- Alexander Nikhil, uh, he played pretty good, contributed. Kessler did well. Markinen was a lot more confident. But, of course, I want to see that against a team like the Dallas game. Like, the Dallas is a much better athletic team. They're, they're a lot in-your-face type of team. That's where these guys need to really, you know, down the stretch really make those buckets. But today... It was a good day for us. Yeah, I, I like Colin Sexton as a change of pace guy that leads the second unit. Um, but I think Laurie Markinen and uh, Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson are good go-to guys in the first unit for sure. So Yeah, that I like the, the unit he had in at the last game. So hang on real quick. Hardy is talking, so we're going to butt in on his interview. He's been talking for a little while, so... Give me just a sec, guys. While we were in the half court, um, I think, you know, every night we're getting more familiar with each other as a group. Uh, the players are getting more familiar with me during the games and, you know, my my communication to them about what we want to do uh, on both ends. So, you know, we threw some different things out there tonight and our guys executed great. You mentioned the turnovers and I guess what led to that? I thought we just did a good job of making our decisions a little bit earlier. In some of the previous games, I thought we got a little bit too deep in the paint. We were probably like a dribble and a half late, if that makes sense, making our decisions on our kickouts. And I thought tonight we kept it simple and just took what the game gave us. And so our decisions were a dribble earlier uh, on every attack, and I think it allowed us to play in space a little bit. 
And seven turnovers is a great number for us, for sure. The challenge goes from it would have been eight-point lead to a double-digit lead on Jordan's goaltending call. Mm -hmm. And then right after that is when Mike Conley just kind of seemed like he took over the game. Is that a conversation that you have with him at that I mean, it's probably an easy question. Do you say anything to him, or is he just understanding the moment? Yeah, Mike understands the moment. Um, he had sat for a little while to rest and get his legs, and again, that's where... Nikhil's minutes and Talon's minutes really helped us because it kept us solid and we didn't have to go back to Mike too early. So I thought when Mike came in, he looked fresh and he really had a burst and hit a big three and then was able to to get downhill and get himself in the paint. Um, I don't have to tell Mike much at this point about what's going on in the game and understanding those moments like you're talking about. Um, and to your question about the challenge, Jordan was adamant that he didn't touch it, and I trust him. There was a there was a moment, uh, I think it was like two minutes before the half, Lonnie Walker had scored in transition, you called the timeout, you were livid. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, that called? You said some colorful things. Oh. And I'm just wondering, what was it just <laughs> one particular play? Like, what had you kind of worked up? That play bothered me a lot. Lonnie Walker went 94 feet right-handed down the middle of the lane and dunked it, and not one player on our team picked up the ball. No one talked. Um, we had a couple guys who actually ended up under the basket while he was dunking it in transition, and that's unacceptable for our group. And I think, you know, there are a lot of moments where I have to maintain my poise with the team and then every now and then I need to let it rip and uh, I guess that was one of those moments. Yeah, boy! What's been your early takeaways with how Jordan's approached this game with the familiar with the scoring but also organizing the offense? Jordan's been great all year. It started in training camp. Um, you know, we had some discussions about him potentially starting and that that would be a different role for him. But I thought in being around him and watching him play and talking to him about the game, it was very apparent that he has a lot more to him than just scoring. Um, his ability to score does draw attention from the other team, though. And so it, it wasn't a hard conversation. I have not had to beg him to pass the ball. I really just try to ask him every night to take what the game gives him. And he's been awesome at just understanding and picking his spots of when to attack and when to pass and I think you know he can still even get better at it um, but he has a really high understanding of how to play the game and he's picked up our offensive concepts very quickly so it gives us great versatility it allows us to not have Mike handle the ball all the time with that first group and um, you know it's definitely a luxury to have a guy like Jordan who can score with that burst but also make decisions. Yeah, I just think his, his decision-making to get his teammates involved can continue to improve. Um, I understand that perfection is not really a thing in basketball. It just doesn't work that way. But every game, Jordan watches his you know watches the game, watches his minutes, and works with our coaches. And he knows every night that there's probably a couple more where he could have found uh, his teammates. But, you know, I never want to inhibit his aggressiveness because – his aggressiveness is what draws the defense and allows his teammates to get open looks. So it's a balance. Anybody in the NBA that is in a decision-making position 
it's hard. It's hard to do that over and over and over again and make the right choice all the time. Um, that's what makes the good players good. What's He understands how to use <clears throat> his size and athleticism. Um, I think he spaces guys very well. I thought there was one in the fourth quarter, a closeout on Troy Brown in the corner, where he just understood how much space to give Troy Brown, and he caught his drive on the first dribble and forced him into a step back. Um, those are those are hard positions to be in, especially when you're a, a taller, bigger player. Being out on the perimeter can feel a little uncomfortable defensively at times, but he just knows how to use his length. Um, he has good foot speed for his size, for sure, and when you couple that with his ability to think and, and space his opponents properly, you know, he, he's a tough guy to get around. More Jazz post game on the way. Lowry Martin and leading the Jazz tonight with 27 points gets the hook in the paint. Man, I I love Coach Hardy. I, I <laughs> the way that reporter says you you use some colorful words and and you were livid and he kind of goes, oh really? Like like he didn't know that. Uh, he's he's a funny guy, but the way that he explains the game and how his players understand. I I really like what he said about Jordan Clarkson. What are your guys' thoughts about Jordan Clarkson and what Coach said? Because he had a little bit rougher shooting night going two for seven from three-point. Uh, I, I think he did a good job recognizing he didn't have a shot on the outside and was driving, and especially later in the fourth quarter, too. But um, his relationship with the players is awesome. Uh, just letting them he knows that you know i don't have to tell mike conley pretty much anything he can figure it out and he's a smart player and same goes for clarkson too so yeah i totally agree that we we have the front office totally nailed the hire of coach hardy 100 percent for sure um i and totally to piggyback off Dallin. um uh, yeah, I I love between Will Hardy and, and the players that they Will Hardy knows or is getting a better feel of when to to let them do their own thing and let Mike and Jordan and all those guys just kind of figure it out and because you know they will or to let the language fly and be like guys let's let's shape up let's let's do what we know what we can and need to do and sometimes let the language fly but other than that like dude it was. Yeah, that that was great. I love it. Yeah, I I in the part. Go ahead. Sorry, no. And the part where I think this is like, especially grown men, the NBA players, like they don't necessarily love to be told what to do. And for that learning moment for Clarkson, he says he goes and back and watches his minutes, and then learns from the coaches, like, and just figures it out for himself that hey, this is what I, I could have found that guy better that situation yeah i think it's nice to see from jordan clarkson because he's been known as a scorer especially in quinn snyder's um offense kevin i'm accepting you right now sorry man um especially in quinn snyder's offense that was really his role with the last team and he he really has been so willing to pass and improve his game I even think on the defensive end uh, this year, he's been a little bit more focused and, and tried to go for blocks. 
um, and, and using his athleticism. My other question, uh, since this is what the Lakers are doing and it seems to be working better for them, is Anthony Davis, LeBron James are starting, and then you've got uh, Russell Westbrook coming in off the bench and kind of just being his aggressive self and, and getting the ball more. Is that something that you see would work for Colin Sexton? Uh, because he is a lot like Westbrook, where when he has the ball and is just attacking, feels like he's a bit better of a player. Uh, yes, I totally see that happening. However, I could also see either Mike or Colin Sexton coming off the bench, because I think both of those guys would be two great options coming off the bench to either settle down and or energize the the lineup for whatever uh, whatever needs to happen so i think it i think more so for colin sexton maybe to come off the bench and to really give us uh energy and to be there either next to mike conley or jordan clarkson whatever the case may be but i think that's a great idea because yeah for the lakers specifically after last year my first thought was I don't think Russ is going to like coming off the bench, but I think that's the best thing for them so that he can just go nuclear like he has been in OKC and just let him let him run the second the second squad and obviously it's they're only what 3 4 games into doing that and they're so much better. Yeah. Um I want to I want to welcome everyone that is here if you want a chance to speak, we like to let everyone speak and share their thoughts so just request down below. Uh, if you don't want to speak, I love reading your comments too. Some people I know are like putting down kids or just don't want to talk and have their voice heard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think Sexton would, I, I think he just needs like a really big breakout game to kind of get his confidence back. I, I think he's had his confidence there and then it's like the next game it's not. Um, but so I agree with you. You know, you, you know where it's coming, though, right? What? It's coming against Cleveland. Oh, he's waiting for the, he's waiting for that road trip to Cleveland. It, that uh, if that happens, that would be so it's, fantastic. He, you we we all know he has that game circled and is gonna gonna just drop 30, 30 points, five five assists, five rebounds against Donovan Mitchell and the and the Cavs. Like it's happening. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if it doesn't. Uh, Lowry Markinen speaking. Do you guys want to hear him speak? Put the man on. Yay! Man. Okay, here we go. I want to. I want to hear him fresh, fresh in the water. Lowry. Uh, they're great players, obviously. So you try to, you try to make the life dif difficult for them, and obviously they're gonna score some and. Uh, um, but I'm going to give my best every night and I enjoy the competition so uh, it's, it's great to go against the, like the, the better players in the league and then, so <clears throat> I enjoy that and obviously it feels great to get the win was, What was, do you think, the, the turning point in, in the game to kind of really kind of seal the win from you? Uh, yeah, we kind of got sloppy and I think it was in third they cut it down, I don't know, what, five points, three points, and then we just kept at it. We, we kept getting stops, and obviously 
credit to like Nikhil being ready and coming in and make made a big plays to end end the third and uh, got us going and uh, and obviously uh, got playing in the fourth after that and he played really well so just I think everybody all the guys being ready to play and their number is calling and just keep at it there's going to be stretches that we're, we're not perfect so we just try to compete as hard as we can and play unselfish and get some stops and like I said get out and run and so it turned into we just kept that kept that in I know it was a tough stretch in the third but kind of flipped the fourth again you kind of mentioned the value when your numbers called, but uh, there are coaches there where like will kind of prescribe minutes for guys, and you're going to come in at the nine minute mark or whatever. Uh, will's been really kind of all over the place with rotations and, and combinations and just trying different stuff. Why do you think that's worked for you guys? And what is it about Will's communication that's made that? Yeah, I think, and I'm sure it's going to keep changing. Like we had, we talked about coming out not this game, but the game before, like coming out earlier in the first and then going back in with the second unit. And so um, we, all, we all know NBA season is long, so I think stuff's going to happen. And uh, so, like I said, everybody's ready and whatever is throwing us, I think we're ready. And just like I've been saying, the, coach, the coaching staff been doing a really good job of like, Keep, keeping us up up to date before the game, we know kind of know uh, if the rotation like that's going to change, and uh, so it's been obviously we're ten games in the year, so it's not going to be. I don't think. I still think we're going to keep trying new, new stuff and see what works the best. But uh, we've been, like I said, everybody been ready to go when whenever they they get on the court. You know, Mike, it always helps when, when the leaders on your team are playing unselfish basketball. And that's the way he plays, the way Mike plays, the way Jordan Clarkson, who is now in that leadership role in the starting lineup, that's how those guys play. So you can kind of tell there's, I feel like there's a language barrier with him, and he, he's not a very confident speaking. It's it's kind of painful <laughs> watching him speak with the media. But uh, it'll be fun to see him kind of blossom like Rudy Gobert did as far as his confidence because I think this is the perfect place for that to happen. I, I really hope we keep on keep Lowry because he's such a unique player. Um, next, or the next game, we have the LA Clippers on Sunday, and then we return home to play the Lakers again. How do you guys see that game going in Utah? against the Lakers. Just as good, if not better, than tonight. Why? Why do you feel that way? LeBron or AD is going to rest, probably. Yeah. 100%. Well, well, LeBron has a history and a track record of... He's only won, what, once in the last 10 years? Twice in the last 10 years? Something like that? Somebody, uh, I, I'm okay if somebody fact, fact checks me on that, but like I could have sworn on some uh something on the tv uh, i think it was last season that lebron's only won once or twice in the last 10 10 something years so i would doubt if maybe he sits out or ad sits out or whatever but i really sum up lakers playing us in utah with one word home court 
Yeah, I I think that plays a big factor into it is the home court advantage and our players getting some juice. I also think the the fans getting on LeBron and Westbrook and Anthony Davis is going to be a huge part. I know those Lakers games are always fun to fun to go to because it feels like the crowd's like half and half. Um, but the the Lakers play the Cleveland Cavaliers on Sunday. It's an afternoon game, so. If they have one advantage, it's they get to play earlier and then head to Utah before us. Luckily, we don't have to travel anywhere else to play the Clippers. So I'm imagining the Jazz stay there tonight, practice tomorrow, and then have their game later in the evening. Uh, the, the one advantage they have is they're traveling not in the middle of the night where we will be. But uh, I think that I think the crowd's going to be awesome on Monday. I really would love to go to that game, but. Yeah, I think uh, as far as these next two games, I think they're both gettable. And uh, I think the the one against the Lakers at home might be a little more tough just after watching them tonight. But I think our fans are going to pull through for us at home for sure. Can I, can I just throw something funny uh, that I think is funny about about the end of this game, I'm see, I've seen now like three, maybe four or five different um, like NBA highlight page um, things talking about the stats that Westbrook has and talking up Westbrook and the whole deal. We totally called, at least I know I did. I'm sure others probably did here on the pod and whatnot too. About every all the pages going, oh, Westbrook's going to have a good game. <laughs> we did say that talk about game. Westbrook having a good game when we are going to end up winning and on every single page well minus one i remember once not having any jazz fans saying check this check the scoreboard or something like that and everybody's been like yeah russ is looking like the mvp it's he's looking awesome which don't get me wrong he played okay tonight don't like i'll give credit where credit's due to him but scoreboard <laughs> yeah scoreboard. I, it's it's good to see him play good again just because it's been such a bad situation and he was such a fun player to watch i know a lot of jazz fans don't like him and he he's got an attitude but man it, it's it's fun to watch guys like that have a good game and and kind of get back to the way they were playing but yeah I, i'm sure there's nothing about lowry marketing and his uh, 13 rebounds and four assists and 27 points. It, it's, it's, no, uh, all the Lakers fans are going to go, Oh yeah, this was a great game. And then they go look at it and go, Oh F <laughs> the jazz won. Well, uh, when I went into a Laker Twitter space like this, they were all hyped up. So they're probably all like, Oh, this is great. We're on the right track guys. We're going to do this. We're going to win another championship. And, Lakers well, fans just cracked me up at the end. Like, come on, guys, you aren't gonna win. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. So looks like the Blazers beat the Suns by two. Uh, Timberwolves lost again to the undefeated Bucks. Uh, that that just went away. So hang on, let me check the other scores around the league. Yeah, yeah Giannis wants to go back to the finals, man. He wants another chip. Yeah, I I bless him. I want him to get another one. I would love Giannis to win another one because I love Giannis and Joe Ingles is on that team, and I I would just love to see those guys did, win. Did, so I follow the Bucks page. Did you get they put up a video recently of Giannis giving the whole team a pair of freak fours? Did you guys see that? 
Uh-uh, I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, it's so, so funny. So there's a guy who wear I can't remember what his name is. Anyway, there was a guy wearing a, a pair of T-Max, and between Giannis and his brother Giannis, they were trying to uh, pull his <laughs> shoes off and put uh, Giannis' shoes on, and then it shows him, Giannis, handing Joe a pair, and Joe's, like, all smiles. He goes, hey, my first pair of freaks. This is going to be great. <laughs> and then, like, two frames later, you see Joe putting up shots in the shoes, and I'm like, oh, this is so wholesome, man. I can't wait to see if Joe ends up actually playing the season. Man, I, yeah, I miss Joe. I just, for his media presence and his jokes, he was just an awesome guy, so... Um, Cleveland beat Detroit, uh, 112-88, so they're on fire right now, Cleveland. Uh, Indiana beats Miami by two. New York beats Philadelphia by two, which is great for the Jazz since we own their pick, possibly. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets beat Washington handily. Boston beats Chicago. Memphis beats Charlotte. And the L.A. Clippers beat San Antonio. Oh, and Dallas beats, that's a big, big one. Dallas beat Toronto by one point. So if you guys have seen these power rankings that have been coming out, uh, the Jazz are like not even in the top 10, yet they've beat three or four teams that are ranked in the top 10. And I thought the whole idea of power rankings was what's currently happening, not like what you think is going to happen by the end of the season. Uh, San Antonio <laughs> wasn't on there either, so it, it's just I feel like eh, 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 eh. I feel like all these media reports. I mean, even with like uh, man, the media. I just feel like the media is not covering the NBA and and like what's actually happening and who has good games. Say, it's all hype. It's all hype. It, it feels like it's it's like a and, and hype speaking on that like. like it's like they won the championship every time they dunked the damn ball. <laughs> like, I, honestly, like, we dunk the ball and we go about our business. It's like every time the Lakers dunk, I was like, oh, good yeah. Lord, here we go. Well, yeah, when when LeBron had that, uh, that fast break and dunked it and, like, stood in front of the whole arena, it's like, dude, what, what, what do you, you want him to cheer MVP? Scoreboard. <laughs> like, what do you want him to do? Like, win a game, buddy. Win a game. And then there was JC's dunk with LeBron and Westbrook right behind him, and because there was, I think there's a screenshot uh, of of the that dunk on the Utah Jazz page, um, and I put a comment on there, and I'm like, Westbrook's thinking, you're not going to give him a tech for this, even though I wouldn't get a tech for doing the exact same thing. And then Westbrook's th- Westbrook's thinking, man, JC can still get up. Man, I should have traded for him instead of Russ. Maybe I can still pull off that trade. Yeah, <laughs> he like lifted himself like above the rim. That was crazy. It's just crazy to me that these guys get off on a dunk, like you said, Dallin. And it's like you you guys suck. Your your record sucks. Like since when is LeBron happy with just like getting a fast break dunk and stopping in the middle of the game? That's he's that's got, he's got four championships and he's just waiting to play with his son. That's all he cares about. I know that that's what care. sets me apart, like from the greats. Is like, dude, I, I would be ripping somebody if I was that great and as competitive as you supposedly are. Like you, you've won two games. You guys are losing. You look terrible, and I wouldn't be flexing 
to the crowd that you got a fast break break dunk, a wide open dunk. It, it's it's crazy. And that, that, maybe that's why they got Darvin Ham as the coach because Dar- you don't necessarily see Darvin Ham on the side just pulling pulling a Will Hardy and throwing f bombs when he's when he's <laughs> like, hey guys, we need to step up here. He's like, hey, we got a dunk. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I I loved when Coach Hari said, "Sometimes I gotta let it rip." Like it it was perfect because. Uh, Sexton had his back turned. Lonnie Walker had that wide open dunk. And I, lo- I mean, coach was out in the middle of the floor, just ripping Sexton. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I love that stuff. Um, I was going to ask something else. Oh, can somebody look up how old Lonnie Walker is? Um, because he's a guy that I would really like. I think he's a great point guard and I don't know if the Lakers would even be interested in trying to trade like a package, Mike Conley, Clarkson, Rudy Gay, Beasley. Uh, yeah, he's 23. Yeah. I, I just feel like he'd be a perfect piece. I'm surprised the Spurs let him go, man. Damn. Yeah. He's, he's a good player. And, uh, if he's that young, you know, if you could get him and maybe one draft pick, uh, Two would be great, but de- depending on who we we give away, I it, for me I love Clarkson. I would hate to see him go. It's almost like just just right out the season, let him and Conley, you know, finish it out, and then they can kind of choose where they want to go. See, there's Danny Ainge's play right there. He's fooling us all, thinking we're going to end up trading for Westbrook to to help the Lakers out. He wants Lonnie Walker and a couple of the other young guys on the Lakers. I didn't know why. And he's like, I'll give I'll give you JC and, and Mike Conley. I have no problem with that. But I want all your young guys in those couple of picks. That's my that's my that's where I'm going with this. Yeah, and uh, I I've always liked Lonnie Walker, but tonight. Uh, playing with those guys and just the way that he handled himself and ran the offense, uh, man, he'd be he'd be sweet if we could pick him up. I don't know if it it even be possible though. We do have draft capital, and we're not going to draft all those players. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. I I don't know if you guys saw this, but I saw some something earlier on Twitter, uh, early this morning that showed uh. A t- trade between us and Boston, where it had um, I want to say it was either Laurie Markin and Jordan Clarkson as the one player with like almost all of our draft capital trading for Jason Tatum, and I'm like, I mean, I love the guy, but I don't think I do this. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think Boston's going to get rid of him either. The no, funny, the, the funny thing was the first comment was. No, I would trade all of the picks. This isn't all the picks, and I laughed hysterically. Uh, yeah, I would be like, "Are you high?" Because like lottery marketing and the draft pieces that we're gonna have would obviously like be better than Jason Tatum. How crazy would it be if in the next couple of years it's the Jazz versus the Boston Celtics in the finals, and Danny Ainge is just sitting back like, "I made both of these teams." That would be. I'm the man. Yeah, I was going to say, Danny Ainge would be in his private suite um, sipping a cigar, planning his next golf trip. That's what he would be doing. Just sipping on some wine or something and just calling up Justin Zanuck and Ryan Smith and be like, all right, well, I don't care who wins because it's a win-win for me either way. I created both these teams. Who wants to go play golf? Serious. 
Well, uh, I just want to say for we've got 17 listeners. This is a new record for Jasketball. Uh, go follow us on Twitter if you're not, and you can go to jasketball.com to re-listen to any of these or just on the Twitter space. But I would love to hear from one of these guys that are new and uh, maybe hear a different voice because Tevin, Dallin, Tajin, Kevin, we're, we're usually always here. I know, Julio, you spoke a little earlier, but any of you hey, other Jay, guys want to speak? Ra- racism, you want to jump in here? You've always got some good takes. Who? Uh, jazz fans against racism. He's always got some good takes and and and, and whatnot whenever I've heard him in jazz spaces. Let's go. We, Maget- oh, here yeah, we go. Request. All right. Yeah, you called him out, and he's here. The mic's yours. I can, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. There we go. Uh, I don't have there any he takes. Is. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I was preparing for a season of many losses, and that is not what we're getting so far. It's it's right. beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, my, my wife is uh, sleeping here next to me, so... I, I was going to say, you sound like you're under the covers and you just yeah. put your kids down. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to say, she, she keeps saying, like, how are the jazz? And I just kind of laugh, uh, because <laughs> it's just, there's a lot of just joy about it. I feel like last year was such a downer, and all year, and it wasn't fun. The team wasn't having fun, the fans weren't having fun. And uh, for us watching, uh, we could enjoy a team coming together like this. I uh, this is a great team. Yeah, it's fun. I don't expect them to, you know, pick it up. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But um, I've just had a lot of fun watching them, and that's been missing for a while now. I love that you that you say that uh, your wife asked you that because my wife uh, I was just laying up next to my wife like ten minutes ago. And I told her I was gonna uh, I'm out in the living room now, and she totally was just like, "Did the Jazz beat the Lakers?" I said, "Yeah," and she 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 like did a little shimmy shake in bed. She goes, "That's right." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's always a good day when the Jazz beat the Lakers. <laughs> It is, but I think in general, what we're seeing is a team that, like, all these guys want to play. All the talk of tanking and all of the season predictions, I don't think the guys on the team, uh, you know, guys don't want to tank. Like, most players, especially coming into a new situation like this, want to play ball. Hashtag F the tank. Yeah, Uh like, they're not thinking, like, gosh, I hope we can help the guys with the draft pick. Like, that, nobody's thinking that on the team. Uh, so we're seeing, we're just seeing a lot of effort. I, I'm really impressed with Will Hardy as a coach. It's considerably different in some ways from what Quinn had going, I think in good ways. Um, so yeah, I'm just having fun. This, I, the thing I told my wife is like, look, if they lose big, you know, I don't really, it, it doesn't hurt because yeah, it, it's all house money at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe a better draft pick. Cool. If they win, wow, that was fun. If they play a hard game and end up like the Mavs game, that was a great game. Whereas last year, I would have been like, are you kidding me? Like, these guys, you know. (laughs) Devastated for a week. Yeah, or maybe just kind of ticked off. But with these guys, man, they're just fun to watch. It's fun. I'm just having fun. To to your point, we heard it in the Laurie Marketing 
uh, press conference there, he's like, I'm coming to play. Like, I don't care who we're playing. I don't care what's going on. I'm coming to play. And it's like, you know what? Why couldn't we have this last year? What is happening? This is wonderful. Yeah, yeah last year was um, weird, man. There was, there, there had to be more stuff going on. Oh, for sure. Donovan and Gobert, I just, <clears throat> I, I think there was just too many egos on that team. I think Donovan wanted to be his team and then then you also got to think about Quinn the way he he set up that team it wasn't I feel like Donovan is playing better now with the Cleveland because it's it's like his team and uh, he's yeah. got an ego on him to the future of the NBA so he wants to you know get his own team and kind of have the coach hail put him on the pedestal and, and all that stuff yeah, Andy Bailey tweeted out. He said this team's more likable than last year's team. Um, yeah. So he he also stated in little bold statement, but is this team better than last year's team? Ten games in. Yeah, there was there was someone saying there was a tweet that I retweeted where it's like we had a team full of talent that just didn't have the effort or didn't work hard, and so. It goes back to it's so enjoyable to just watch people work hard. Like it, it doesn't make you as upset if they lose because it's like okay, they they tried, and last year it w- it was just rough, man. When you lose that many expectations, man. Expectations. Yeah, but it's 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 also that we had so That's many leads. Though, for sure. Yeah, we had so many leads, and then you just lose it. It's like, well, do you guys just not care? Do you not? have enough fight in you. I mean, you you guys are professionals. You're some of the best basketball players in the world. Like, what is going on? How, how do you just keep losing lead after lead after lead? And I think that was the I most think, frustrating thing about last year. Coach, yeah. I think there was a confidence issue, but I also think, I, I mean, I think there was something going on with, with Quinn. Um, I don't know what, but Quinn wasn't right. And... Well, and that's why he stepped down, obviously. Yeah, a lot of people were blaming it on his hip, and he needed hip surgery. It's pretty amazing how well the Jazz are at covering things up and not letting them leak out. Because Quinn might come back later on. (laughs) They don't want to burn bridges. Yeah, Quinn might be coaching the Brooklyn just Nets. At- yeah, I was going to say, just don't go to Brooklyn. Don't go to Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Royce is there, don't go to Brooklyn. <laughs> he doesn't want that headache, dude. Come on. Well, <laughs> we, we were a headache enough already. Seriously. Exactly. <laughs> I think Quinn gave up arguably the most stable coaching job in the NBA. 100%. Um, I feel like there are a, only a handful of organizations who are classly well run. And to be totally objective here, I would dare say Utah. I would want to say maybe OKC. Um, I want to say Phoenix is San Antonio, San Antonio, hundred percent Portland. Probably. I want to say um, Toronto. Toronto. Absolutely. Like all those guys, all those teams are absolutely run with class and professionally run. Not to say the other teams aren't, but there's just like a whole other echelon of more of like a mafia feel to the other ones, right? Yeah, it's like a classy mafia feel where it's like <laughs> with the, the guys that are with us are with us and we're going to do right by them. And anybody who's not with us, okay, whatever, you're not with us, but we're like anybody who's with us. 
we got you and we're, <laughs> we're going to take care of you. So uh, to get back to some of the jazz play tonight, I just the the, the re-air is on and Larry Markinen just dunked over Anthony Davis. Uh, wasn't it great to see him dunk on all three of their stars? LeBron James first, Anthony Davis, and then Westbrook. I mean, the dude's got to make the all-star team. Lowry Marketing owns all three of those players. Is he going to be at this level, like, all season? Is this... I'm going to say yes. I I think he's going to get better. I I mean, he told us that in his press conference, so I expect it. Yeah, I just think, think he's finally getting comfortable. He probably feels good with... With our Coaches. organization, uh, he knows that he's the best player, kind of like the go-to scorer. I I really think this is going to be his year where he just I, – I already think he's most improved to this point, but I feel like he can get so much better. Yeah, I totally agree. The only just, thing with, with Markinen, I feel like, is, is still his mentality. He still has kind of like a, a, a little bit of a role player – mentality he's got to kind of get comfortable with the role and if they're gonna later on like down this if we make the playoffs or you know if we're doing well um down down the stretch he's gotta he's gotta know in his mind that he's gonna be the go-to guy like for sure i totally agree with you yeah and i think that's why i feel he can get so much better because he's got to get that dog in him where it's like yeah dude i can score against anybody i'm seven foot I'm seven yeah. foot. I've got great footwork. I can shoot outside. I can go inside. And w- once he gets that mentality of he can score against anybody, I think that's when we're going to see the finisher released. And don't you love that Thurl Bailey's starting to call him the finisher? Yeah, I, the first time I heard him say that, I was like, yo, that is beautiful. Yeah, and they're calling Absolutely Vanderbilt beautiful. V8. I love that nickname too. Oh yeah. my gosh, V8's beautiful. So Vanderbilt hit another three point this game, and for the season he is six for eleven. He is shooting fifty four percent from the three point line. Do we need to have wait, him wait, shoot did more? Forty six, forty six percent. That'll come down. Fifty four. Fifty four percent. Come back down to like third twelve. Yeah, that's gone low thirties. Right, but he's if what he he's he's great. he's not taking contested three pointers. Usually, when he's taking them, they're open and he makes them, which really is we need to because if the defense has to start respecting Vanderbilt on the three point line, then it's going to open other stuff up. And I think that he needs to shoot a little more. Like, give him the green light if you're shooting that good. Say, bro, let it rip, totally and if you agree. miss a yeah. few, how did Royce if, if develop I, if, his three? Was it was was there somebody here that was coaching Royce to get him to hit that shot? I think so. I think it was. I can't remember his name. Johnny Bryant. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. Well, well, I think it was a mix of Johnny Bryant and um, who's the who's the taller guy that's like the right hand man right now? I can't Alec, remember his name. Alex. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex Jensen and 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 those guys. They were working with to with Royce to to make those shots and. Obviously, we see where Royce is now, but yeah, I think I think those guys have been have probably been working with Vanderbilt. I'm I'm willing to bet. So uh, we've got some guests listening to our Twitter got a space. Lakers fan in here, man. Yeah, I was gonna say we've got some people in enemy territory. Sorry. If you guys want to speak, I would love to get your guys' yeah, thoughts on tonight's game. I know Miguel. 
is a Lakers fan. I don't know if uh, Aldrin Salcido, uh, Make you're a Lakers fan or not. I feel like would be a, a, good, a good Lakers if fan. That's Aldrin's here. car. That's a sweet car, Aldrin. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Take me riding that. <laughs> Bouncing on 22s. I, I want to hear Lakers Lakers opinion on Westbrook right now because don't get me wrong, he's playing he great the last couple game. of games. Yeah. yeah, no, I know credit where credit is due. He played a great last few games. I'm just curious what they think of him coming off the bench because I think that's a great idea for the Lakers. Yeah, I think they're playing great with him that way, and uh, they've won two I'll, before this. I'll do so. a swap of uh, Lonnie Walker for like one of our guys. Oh yeah. Uh, so if you guys want to speak, uh, you've got a request to speak. If if not, there's that little comment and down in the right-hand corner. You can just text out your comment down there, and I'll read it off. But uh, looking at the standings updated, Milwaukee is the only <clears throat> undefeated team. They're 8-0, first team to eight wins. And Cleveland is right behind them, one game behind at 7-1, and one, and Boston 5-3. and three. Then on the other end... Portland is leading the way in the West, which I love to see because of Damian Lillard. Uh, that'd be fun. That, that that man needs to needs to have a lot of success, man. I'd love. To. I just want to see him go. He needs to do so good and go so deep. He needs he needs a good run. Yeah, just like Western Conference Finals. If he could just get in the finals game one time, he doesn't even have to win it. Like, I feel like his legacy could be uh, so much better. And and he would be so much fun to watch in the finals. Um, But then Phoenix is behind them, which I was expecting them to do a little bit worse than they are. And then the jazz at seven and three were the first team in the Western conference to win seven games. Um, And we are, we're actually all tied for first place uh, as of now. Can I give a quick little hot take on, on the Suns? their jerseys this year. Hot take. I love their their, their city jerseys. They're amazing. Wait, which Granted, ones? The Sun City jerseys, where the numbers are like uh, kind of the like sunset landscape that they had last last couple of years. I... Granted, I, think, I think the last couple of years are better than the ones this year. However, I do still love the jerseys this year. They're way nice and so much better than ours. Then again, almost everybody's jerseys are better than ours. But I digress. I, I tried to get Andy Bailey to hop on here. He's from previously from Hardwood Knox, so he's on the podcast too. See if he can give us his takes. Yeah, see, I've invited all, I've invited all those work. guys: Tony Jones, Andy. Uh, and if you don't see me anymore here soon, my phone's about dead. So just just throw yeah, that out there. Mine might die too. So we we're about an hour in. This is a longer one, but those guys seem to not respond to any of my tweets or texts or anything. They. Kind they of might seem, be too good. They might be too good for us. Yeah, they're a little pompous, or maybe they're—I don't know—like nervous. I know Andy personally, he's not too pompous. He'll hop on. I'll get him to hop on here. Uh, how do you, how do you know him personally? Is your is he your brother? No, he uh, attends my ward, and here in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So wait, or he, he lives in Wyoming. Our wives are friends. Yeah, our wives are friends. So <laughs> why does he live in Wyoming? He, and he he just. What he he just writes for the Jazz. He doesn't need to like go to any of the games or anything. <laughs> no, he writes for Bleacher Report for him. Yeah, and he goes to some of the games. Wait, he goes you're not talking about too. you're yeah. not talking about Andy Larson. Andy Larson? No, Andy Bailey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I like you were talking Larson too. Mormon. 
Yeah, I was like, yeah, wait a minute, no, hold, on, hold on, hold yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Andy Larson, not him. Not, I was like, was there some, was this some conversion that I didn't know that had happened? Yeah, I just here. baptized him last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it's my my birthday's about over. It's five minutes to being over. I appreciate uh, uh, you spending. Got a win. Yeah, it's it's the best present I could have got. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to pick up a new OLED TV, and I cannot freaking wait to watch games how, on it. How big? Uh, I'm not going to tell you guys that because uh, <laughs> it, it's it's like it, you know. The size doesn't matter. Yeah, especially especially with women, it just doesn't matter. Okay, and uh, hey, it, it's OLED, so that's all you need. No, it, it, we we're uh, we're gonna splurge a little bit. So we had a Vizio that was sixty five inches. We bought it five years ago, and when we bought that one, my wife was like, "This is way too big." And now you go and look at them next to like the seventy five and the eighty five, and they just look tiny. So, um, we went and looked at him tonight and I was like, babe, we really need a 77, we, sure. like seven, no 85, because once you get to 85, they're like four or five grand. It's like, <laughs> I'm not gonna, no, like for a few more inches, I'll just downgrade to the 77, which really isn't a downgrade. Um, it's about girth, girth boys. Uh, all but, the women are saying it's all about girth. So, yeah. <laughs> If you guys want to have a little watch party at my house on the new OLED, uh, yeah, we we could we could figure that out. DM us, man. We're, uh, we need to know where you live at. Let's get that done. Well, I don't know if I trust you guys enough yet to just shoot out my address, but uh, yeah, if we if I'll, I'll if, be there Thanksgiving week. So. <laughs> <laughs> also, before we go, just real quick, hey Dallin, are you? Do you know Diane Orcutt? I do. She's my cousin. Oh, okay, cool. Just wondering. Yep. <laughs> Everybody knows each other. It's a small world. Some man. way, somehow. Yeah, that's shocking that he knows Diane Orca. That's crazy. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, get her on the podcast. What are you doing? She's a lawyer. I don't know if I trust her. No, <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. This was maybe we need to just do this on the weekends. People don't have to work the next day so they can stay up till midnight talking about jazz basketball. But, uh, it's the most we've had on. I appreciate it. If you guys go leave a review, a raving review. I, I saw another one on Apple podcasts. That's where the podcast listen to most. It's on Spotify as well. Jasketball.com. You can go listen to it, but, uh, comments, likes, all that bull crap helps the podcast run and uh share it with your jazz friends man we finally hit 500 followers we've got 500 downloads on the podcast and we're only 10 games in you know 10 games in the season so uh let's build this community up and and keep it going and we will see you guys on sunday pre-game they're always my favorite and maybe i'll try and get a clipper uh clipper podcast guest on this one i haven't been doing that as much lately and it's always fun to talk to the other team before. So, Jazz win big in LA. We're going to win big again in LA. And then LA is going to lose in Utah on Monday. Thanks for listening. Go, Jazz. Jazz get ball. We'll see you later.